the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Happy Friday to you. This week has had, in my opinion, a lot of angst. Um, <clears throat> when I say that, I am not underscoring it or underplaying it. I think we're a little freaked out about the election. I think we're a little bit freaked out about market valuations, about the economy, about jobs. Um, it comes and goes. Next week, we'll be giddy. We'll be silly happy over something positive. But I think the one week out of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we quickly learned the selection is going to go from all about COVID to all about Supreme Court justice. And it really changed the imaging, I would say, to be fair. And I think people are a little bit freaked out, a little bit of angst. Apple TV picked up a feature that's really cool. Um, it's picture inside picture. It's part of the new operating system on Apple. They should have had this years ago. Um, it makes the TV operating system, it allows it to a video to play in a miniature window while another video plays in the background. Picture in Picture is a staple of some traditional TV services, most notably Dish Network satellite service. Um, people will refuse to cut the cord over it. I don't get the stickiness of Picture in Picture. I'm not that much of a video file or audio file when it comes to radio. Sometimes my producer's like, do you hear a hiss? I'm like, I don't hear a hiss <laughs> kind of thing. You don't hear, I've heard my voice compressed where I start sounding like that. But if it's not obvious, I don't get it. So the picture in picture is a big deal. And I didn't know that. It's cute. I like the idea of potentially watching TV with my children. Let's say they go off to college and they become men and they get a wife and kids. And I like the idea of potentially watching a Giants game where I could watch the Giants on the TV, but I could see my son's reaction while he's watching the Giants on his TV. I like it. Is it a killer feature? I think it is. Um, companies like Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Sling TV, Peacock, Major League Baseball TV, all are using the picture in picture um, with workarounds. It allows people to watch shows together. As strange as it may sound, like it sounds like an episode of Black Mirror or something, like we don't actually know other real human beings. We just know their video images. So anyway, I throw that out there because I didn't know that was going to be such a big feature. But it is kind of nice. Like I said, it's kind of nice. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. In theory, you'll be able to watch two baseball games at once. And people dig that. In theory, you'll be able to watch two football games at once. Um, 
Anyway, home builders are holding back on sales. That's how excited we are about homes right now. You know what I'm excited about is the low-cost mortgages. Money has become incredibly cheap in my lifetime. And to give some perspective on that, I, I consider a lifetime 20 to 60. I know you're saying, but all oh, us old people, we got a life too. Yeah, but you're not going to be buying a house. And people under 20, probably not going to be buying a house. But during my lifetime, my financial lifetime, when I woke up and said, I need to save money for retirement, when I woke up and said, I would like a second home, when I woke up and said, I would like to travel the world, that cost money. Don't rate me. I'd buy that for a dollar. And the reason home prices have become so expensive is because mortgages have become so cheap. When mortgage costs go up, real estate prices will go down. When interest rates go up, stocks will go down. There is a direct correlation between the 10-year treasury and our wealth. Wealth in houses, wealth in the stock market. 10-year treasury sits at 67, 68 basis points. Some days it's at 60, some days it's at 75. But historically, when things were more normal in the world, pre-9-11, I know you're saying not pre-COVID, pre-9-11, right around 9-11, September 2001, we decided that monetary policy was going to be what drives the stock market for the long term. And we started lowering interest rates to get people to spend money, to get people to go to work, to get people to save. We, we, I would say irrationally, have skewed the markets on real estate and stocks. We've goosed them with low-cost money. Never seen historic precedent, this low-cost money. When Hitler was putting people in ovens and cooking them, I know you're saying, I don't believe that happened. <laughs> okay, fine. I, fine, fine, fine. Okay. When there was a world war, we didn't go down to zero interest rates. 9-11, we started marching lower, and we've never gone back. And when we did, the stock market underperformed and the housing market crashed. That is my number one indicator to buy stocks right now. Ten-year treasuries under three and a half. I'm going to lower that to under two and a half. I used to say 4% because when 10-year treasury is at 4%, I'd almost rather buy bonds. I'll take a 4% return. Historically, stocks are going to get you about 8 to 10%. If you factor in dividends, 10%. If you factor out dividends, about 8%. Historically, real estate is going to get you about 5%. And historically, bonds are going to get you 4 to 6%. Housing should be tied towards the price of your, your salary. And our salaries aren't going up 100% in eight or nine years, and yet housing costs have. Because the cost to get a mortgage is so cheap with mortgages with the 10-year treasury being at 66 basis points. You don't fight the market, and in this case, you don't fight the Fed. The Fed has said we're going to keep interest rates low for the next two years. I'm going to buy any correction right now. I'm going to say, okay, I'm not going to say that blanket because that will come back to haunt me. But unless the, unless the jobs numbers go start creeping higher to 11% unemployment, 12% unemployment, 13% unemployment, jobs mean more than interest rates to me, but not by much. Um, so the Fed has said we're going to keep interest rates low until the end of 2022. 
And I'm like, let me do the math. How old am I going to be when that happens? It's a long time. So I feel good about that. Where I don't feel good, home builders are holding back sales amid historic demand. Last time Los Angeles uh, based custom home builder, KB Home, saw sales like this was during the housing bubble of 2007. Home builders across the country sold homes at a record pace this summer, burning through their supply. COVID changed something. COVID changed. We don't have to work at work. We could work at home. But if I'm going to work at home and I've got two kids in a 1,600 square foot house, I'm going to be like, I want a second home. I want a bigger home. So where's the inventory? Well, people who own homes don't want to sell them right now because they want to stay in them and not die and go out and get COVID. So this pandemic thing has created a, a run on housing. But also it's helped by the mortgage rates. KB Home saw an increase of 27% in net orders this quarter. That's phenomenal. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I grew up overseas. I was a military brat. My father was an intelligence officer in the Army. I think I have a slightly different perspective that helps when it comes to the stock market. Um, but I'm not always going to be right. One of the things I hide behind is the stock market goes up 7 out of 10 years. It hits highs. And that's tough to argue with. If you do that in baseball, you are a legend. If you can hit seven balls out of ten safely for a, a single, just a single, it doesn't have to be home run. You're a legend. In some years, Wall Street hits home runs. Most years, it's a single. Sometimes, like, but it doesn't crap out. It doesn't put, uh, sputter out. It doesn't die. I throw that out there because it, it's almost cheating. I almost feel guilty about it. So Amazon announced 13 new devices. And this is going to be a, a, a crazy statement when I say this. Work with it, though. Work with it before you get mad at me. Jeff Bezos is the Steve Jobs of the 21st century. Steve Jobs was a product innovator that he would say, look at the sticky note. This is the world's greatest sticky note. Um, he would call it the eye sticky. And we were like, yeah, that's a great sticky note, but it's just a sticky note. Uh, I famously got into trouble once on air. The day that Steve Jobs died, I think I said a, a line, something along the lines of Steve Jobs is buried in an eye coffin, which is going to be a glass coffin that since, you know, you can check in on him and see his visuals as he decays. Really? And that, that picked up some national attention that I didn't want. But it's funny. It also showed you that he was a genius because some people actually believed it. An eye coffin. Now, let's stop and think for a second. It's all glass. It's got perfectly curved edges. <laughs> like, right? You can see it. You can see it. You can see some people wanting this. Send text messages to a dead, dead family member, right? No, no, it's ridiculous. But... Jeff Bezos is the modern-day Steve Jobs, where the Amazon Echo is not that great of a product, and yet we're like, it's something. 
so named all new Echo speaker costs ninety nine dollars. It includes a brand new spherical design, enabling Dolby stereo sound as well as a built in Zigbee Smart Hub. I don't even know what a Zigbee Smart Hub is. I look at this product; it's got a, like it's like an iPad on top of a speaker. It's weird looking, and someone's gonna love it. They introduced fourteen products yesterday. The Eero 6, the Eero Pro 6, Mesh Router, um, the all-new Amazon Echo is kind of beautiful. The Amazon Echo Dot, Echo Dot with Clock, Echo Dot with uh, Kindle. Like, ah, it's too much to go through. But at least he's trying. Uh, you could say that Motorola was the Apple phone in the 1980s. And they had a great analog phone. And if you go back and watch the old X-Files, Mulder was famous for having cellular phones. And if you look back, they were as big as a shoe. They were huge when they first came out. And Motorola kind of dominated that era. And then sexy European player Nokia, also known as Nokia, if you were to say it correctly. The first thing Nokia ever sold was galoshes, rubber boots, okay? They come along and they start selling a flip phone and we lose our minds for it. There's a guy at the radio station that I work at that still has an old Nokia, Nokia phone that you have to hit the ABC and you have to wait for it to change to B. So when you send a text message, it's you're cycling through the letters. And then who came along and killed Nokia? Research in motion. And then who killed Research in Motion? Apple. So I'm all for Amazon coming up with a dash cam. There was a guy who cut me off the other day. I've never flicked anyone off in my life. You're going to say, that's going to be on your tombstone, isn't it? It might. I've never flipped a bird at someone. I'm not that angry of a human being that that gives me satisfaction. Just not that guy. Um, Dave Letterman used to do it jokingly, like behind a hand. So you knew what he was doing, but you didn't actually see it. And I think that's classy, believe it or not. But this guy cut me off and I was like, I wish I had a dash cam and I wish I could show him what he just did. He almost killed me. And now Amazon's got a dash cam that something tells me it ain't going to be a very expensive, a ring car cam, a ring car alarm. It's going to be an option that can be built into cars by manufacturers. That's where the rub is. Car manufacturers will be saying, hey, you have Amazon Alexa. Do you want to do some shopping while you're driving home? My kids think it's the coolest thing that you could say, talk to the TV now and say, hey, Alexa, or OK, Google. Um, and Apple's strangely missing some of this, which they're fine with. They're fine. Um not having the first generation, but darn it, if they start seeing sales, they're going to copy you and emulate you, which is not very Steve Jobs-like. It's more Bill Gates with Microsoft, where Bill Gates had the operating system. That was great. And then anytime anyone would come up with software that was good, he would copy it and build it into his operating system. And he would change the price from $110 for this operating system to $120 for every computer. At one point in time, the cost of computing was coming down so fast. It wasn't the hardware that was expensive. It was the software. Anyway, I'm digging what Amazon throws out, even though I won't buy any of the stuff. 
I like they're trying to innovate product. They're getting to streaming services, streaming video games, and they have Twitch. Kind of makes sense. And Twitch is a great platform to sell advertising on to get products from Amazon because they're young video game males, typically, stereotypically. Anyway, Jeff Bezos is the Steve Jobs of the 21st century. No doubt about it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm talking a lot of stocks today. And one of the things I should try to do on occasion is talk a little strategy again. Most important thing you can do is get in the market if you want to retire. It sounds crazy to say it out loud, but that's just something I totally believe in. I wish I would have started when I was six. I started when I was 18. How did I start in the stock market? It's a great question. I started in the stock market after a car accident where someone rear-ended me pretty hardcore, and I got a cash settlement out of it. I know you're saying, oh, you're all about the money. I get it. Not really. Um, I saw my dad work till the day he died, And I got into a car accident, and that combination gave me some capital. Um, It's a weird thing to say out loud, but that's how I got started. I saw my dad work till the day he died. It was not attractive to me. I wanted to have children. I didn't at the time. I wanted to have a wife. I didn't at the time. And as I kind of grew into this, I kind of learned a couple more needs. At one point in time, I just wanted to work until um, I was 35 or 38. That was my idea, is become a millionaire before I'm 40. And I could live off that for the rest of my life. Easy. That wouldn't be that difficult to do. A million dollars would give you $40,000 a year till the day you die. And in my mind, that would be enough. Uh, realistically, yeah, I think I was a little naive because a wife and children are going to start costing you some money. That makes sense. So I went from a million to saying I probably need two million because forty thousand dollars is probably enough for me to live off of, but probably not enough for another person to live off of. So you change your goals. But for me, the moment I kind of started getting all this um, was pretty dramatic. It was a car accident, and then seeing my dad work till the day he died. It was two things that pulled it together for me. Um, doing this show for 20 plus years, I've learned a lot about my listeners. There's a lady out there who's got twin children and her husband died at an unfortunately early age. Um, women tend to live longer than men. That's another lesson that I learned from my mother is my dad died 25 years ago, 20 plus years ago. He never got to see me become successful. I'm not going to cry about that, but the financial lesson was that my mom never had a job in her life or if she did, it was always kind of like kind of a token thing. She raised six kids. My mom raised six kids. Do the math on that. And there was a, um, one of her children, uh, died in the womb. So she was pregnant for seven kids essentially. And you do the math on that, and it's like, that's 63 months. That's five years of her life. That's crazy to think about. Um, In this day and age, 
very crazy, but not in that day and age. But what I'm trying to get at is you start learning little lessons and everything to me is money. Everything to me is money. Uh, when I talk to my producer and he's going out and buying, you know, virtual reality headset, I'm like, you're going to regret that when you start seeing things through the lens of living 60 to 100 or not wanting to work till the day you die, not wanting to eat cat food or beanie weenies. What are your lessons that have, you know, woken you up? I think the hardest one for me, just continuing to go through it, is my mom's in an old folks home. She never remarried. She never got on with her life. Um, she was still young enough that she could have had a companion and traveled, or she could have had a companion to hang out with, to cook with, to go on walks with. She never did. She just became a shut-in. Um, and she let her health kind of slide because of that. So she had a couple strokes. Strokes are expensive. Strokes mean you're alive. My brother David was a, a, an attorney. He's the greatest guy in the world. He's my best brother. Um, he protected me enormously, enormously when growing up. And he taught me things that he was supposed to teach me that my dad never did. Taught me how to throw a baseball. Taught me how to you know, talk to women, how not to get nervous, how to, before you go to prom, you, you do a test drive of where the, the restaurant is. You do a test drive of where the prom is. And he was a good brother, right? Um, he and I are going through the unfortunate thing at this point in time of dealing with my mother um, and trying to manage her money and trying to help it last as long as it can last. Having a stroke means you live an expensive lifestyle, but it's not a high quality lifestyle. Other people are taking care of you. Um, and that costs $100,000 a year. And you're like, man, you think kids are expensive? Old people who can't take care of themselves are expensive. The best thing my dad ever did was he died. He didn't linger. He didn't have 10, 15 years of, of like uh, lack of mobility, of getting in a wheelchair, of getting out of a wheelchair, of having a nurse come in and change his diaper. He just flat out died, which was beautiful in a financial perspective. Do you see how everything I think of is about money? My brother David, I was telling you about David. He's a great lawyer. He's a judge. He's, he's, he's a good man. Um, he said, Rob, if you ever get in a car accident and someone's hurt, if you ever hit a pedestrian, put it in reverse and kill them. And I'm like, whoa, that's awesome advice. Why? And he said, a dead person's worth a lot less than a, a, someone who's maimed. And of course, it's not real advice. But he taught me the financial math of it. So that's what I try to do on this show for you is what awoke you to think about money? Because you're listening to the show for a reason. I don't want to work till the day I die. I don't want to put it in reverse and kill someone either. Try not to get into a car accident is my advice. Um, but what financially awoke you? And do you see other people doing it right? And do you see other people doing it wrong? You should be saving 15% of your salary if you have longevity in your family. I kind of do and I kind of don't. My mom's lived a long time in poor health. My dad died before he was 60. What do I want to do? <laughs> I don't want either of those. Um, but financially, do you see the ramifications of that? I hope you do. I hope you don't think I'm just a sick mother, you know, chucker. Apple's hired today. Microsoft's hired today. NVIDIA's hired today. NVIDIA, Microsoft... Apple, um, all have great expectations on product. 
With Microsoft, we're like, let's see the new Xbox. With Apple, we're like, let's see the new 5G phone. Which AT&T CEO did something fantastic this week. He said, 5G's good, but we're already working on 6G. So I'm going to get excited about 6G at some point in time. But they all have product launches that are big. NVIDIA just came out with a new graphics card that's unbelievable. Now, when I say when it's unbelievable, I'm saying it's unbelievable. Um, the computational power looks like a skyscraper in the last 10 years, the last 20 years of video games. And that computational power is now being used for artificial intelligence, for self-driving cars, for ad delivery that you didn't even know that you wanted something that you're going to get. All three of them have big product launches. Um, you could throw in Sony, but look at the names, the stocks that really carry the day. They all have something that you know terribly intimately about. Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Sony all, all had a big tech release in the last month. And all of them sold out in one day. That's phenomenal. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Matthew McConaughey. Um, I want to play bongo drums with Matthew McConaughey. Just that's one of my goals. I know you're saying you could probably chip into some charity and he'll do it for you. I know. Caesars Entertainment's a big winner today. Uh, London bookmaker William Hill received cash proposals from Caesar Entertainment and Apollo Management. Um, Caesars already owns a stake in William Hill, which is a London bookmaker. Gambling, you could invest in gambling. But you know the best part about investing in gambling here is you're, you're betting on the house, and the house always wins, right? I hate talking about that. I think gambling has probably ruined a lot of people's lives. I get it. But as, a, as someone who has to be honest with you, that's how honest I can be. Honestly, as uh, stupid as a stupid noise. One area that I won't invest in, although I find them fascinating to watch, Norwegian Cruise Lines up 9% today. Royal Caribbean up 4.5%. Carnival Cruise is up 4.8%. Those are big numbers. The testing on COVID is getting better. And if Royal Caribbean were to say, we're going to test every single person who gets on the boat, I'd be like, that's interesting. Just don't let anyone off the boat at ports because <laughs> then they're going to bring it back, right? So I, I freak myself out with that. And the reason I don't invest in cruise lines is a very intimate and very personal reason. I know you're saying, did you have a girlfriend cheat on you on a cruise? Nope, nope, nope. Um, I had a nightmare that I was stuck on a cruise with Kathy Lee Gifford, and she was singing nonstop show tunes. And it's a recurring nightmare that I have. I also have another nightmare that I, I can't move. I get like sleep paralysis, and I can see my body from outside my body. Um, I don't know what that's all about, but the Kathy Lee Gifford one clearly tells me don't invest in cruise lines and never step foot on a cruise. That's exactly right. 40-year-old virgin. Uh, movie that probably couldn't be made today. If you check out some of the undertones in it, uh, not very politically correct in today's standards. And you're like, that wasn't that long ago. Go check it out. FedEx up 2% today. I like FedEx. I don't invest in FedEx, but I, I could make a case for it. I think they got to do something groundbreaking. I think they got to merge with like a Shopify or somebody. Shipping, you can't just be shipping. You got to add something in to make it sexier. 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Money investing more. Find me on the show. You're listening to Rob Black and your money.
on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I was talking during the break about TV shows that couldn't be made today. There was a classic example that I want to bring up tied towards Disney. And companies just getting it wrong and not being on point and just totally missing it. Disneyland Paris is a global tourist destination, attracting tens of millions of happy visitors every year until the pandemic. When it launched in 1992, it was named Euro Disney, and it was a flop. It basically threatened the fabric of what Disney was trying to do, of trying to, how shall we say, stretch their U.S. empire in theme parks internationally. Disney, Euro Disney, was considered a cultural Chernobyl. But eventually it caught on. And Disney started getting a little bit cocky at this point in time. This was like 1989, 1992. And they decided, Disney, Michael Eisner, decided he was going to do something in the United States with the Civil War. In Virginia, Northern Virginia, which is really close to Washington, D.C., if you go 20 miles to the east, uh, 20 miles to the west, excuse me, um, you're going to hit a city uh, called Manassas, which there was a great massive civil war uh, battles. Manassas changed hands like 14 times between the north and the south. And there's a lot of historical battlegrounds and parks that you can go to. And Disney is like, we need another park in America. We've got the L.A. thing going. we got the Florida thing going. We need another park in America. It needs to be close to an airport so people can get, get in and out. We need the land to be relatively cheap so we can build a park there. They'll love it. Um, so Eisner brought in the head of the parks, and they, they visited Colonial Williamsburg. Williamsburg is a great city to visit. There's a, a college there called William & Mary. And it's very colonial and ye old taverns and, you know, bed and breakfasts. They don't have heat. They just have fireplaces. So Eisner was like, let's do a theme park and tie it towards the Civil War. And Manassas loved it. They're like, woohoo, you're going to make us a world destination. They were stoked. They're like, we'll throw down money for the roads. We'll throw down money for the airport. It was on until someone figured out that Disney might do a cleaned up version of the Civil War, that they might change history. Um, and a song of the South started getting like in everyone's head where there was a slave walking with a, a young boy, but he was an ex-slave. And in the movie, he's singing zippity doo da, zippity day. And Manassas suddenly like woke up and like, wait, 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 we can't have that in our neighborhood. It's one of the biggest colossal mistakes Disney has ever made. I own shares of Disney. I love shares of Disney. And they had a decade of just crazy shareholder income that was fueled by aggressively expanding the company's parks and and, um, parks and I'm trying to come up with the other word Um, parks and recreation. That's not quite right. Um, but as they were aggressive, oh, resorts is what I was looking for. Um, they took on debt. They had a massive failure here, and they barely survived it. 
it's worth looking up if you ever get a chance to look at it. Building a Disney theme park based on American history seemed like a natural extension of the company's focus on children and education, a perfect way of marrying their self-interest with a broader public interest. And you couldn't have made a bigger mistake. Lin-Manuel Miranda's hit musical Hamilton has created a vigorous alternative narrative um, to people of color in America. And he's catching flack for that at this point in time on, you do know that these guys own slaves. <laughs> you do know that they weren't the, the historical figures that you're portraying with rap music weren't exactly the nicest people in history. Yes, they changed the world. Yes, they changed the world for positive. But the historical narrative is pretty important to at least be sensitive to because it bit Disney in the butt. Um, I think that's fair to throw out there. So when you're looking at a historic town that was the site of 16 Civil War battles and 17 historic districts, um, you don't mess with that if you're Disney. You don't clean it up per se. But anyway, I throw that out there because I own shares of Disney. I like Disney, but even they make mistakes along the way. And Apple does too. You may not remember the Apple Newton. You may not remember that they had an iPad years before they had an iPad. You, you may have missed that. Um, they've had some pretty big stinker products along the way. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. U.S. imports surged as the pandemic worries have retailers stockpiling. That's not the best economic data. Stockpiling is not great. What that implies is we're pulling future demand forward. No, it doesn't mean that. It means we're pulling future supply forward, hoping that it picks up. And when you pull that supply forward, if I were to produce 45 shows so I can take a 45-day vacation, those 45 days, I'm not going to be working, right? But I, I've just produced 45 shows. I've made the product and now I, I don't get overtime. I don't get hours. I don't get anything. That's where you kind of want a smoother economy and not one that's pulling supply forward, hoping for the demand to catch up. Some of the data this week I did not like. This was not my best week. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Comments, Rob Black Show.com. <laughs> 